Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. Is it a dream? Is it real? Do you have your totem with you? Alex, are you here? Are you real? It feels like I'm here. What? Well, but welcome back. I better put a bullet in my head just to be sure, right? Um, maybe not? Not quite. No, no, I, I think you're good. Just find a totem. <laughs> uh, go that route first. Ladies and gentlemen, this week we will be discussing Inception, and I will bury the lead, one of my favorite films, and we'll discuss it in depth and kind of talk about the reasons why later on in the show. But first, Mr. Dewehi, since since you you weren't able to join us last week, how you been? I've been great. Yeah. Yeah, I went to New York for a week, half work, half pleasure. And uh, been moving into my new place all this week, so been been busy, been tired, but uh, it's exciting, a lot of fun. Big changes, big changes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we missed you last week, but I had the awesome, amazing, the mighty Paulo join me last week, and you know, I might have to have him come back more often because. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to last week's episode, but Mr. Paolo, he, he lays some science down on you. Mm-hmm. Now, is he a true scientist? Oh, yeah. He wears a lab coat and everything. Oh, my God. That's legit. It's legit. And he's 100%. That's right. That's awesome. So, again, welcome back. Thank you. And I, I know that this is weird because I'm... We're really sleeping. What's that? It's weird because we're really asleep. Yeah, we're is that really what you're sleeping. Gonna say? Oh. Yeah, that, that's so. Time is really slow right now. I mean, we'll talk about that. As long again. as I'm getting sleep, man, I tell you, I've been exhausted these last <laughs> couple weeks. But this is weird because I'm actually, I've been playing more Destiny than you have. Yeah, I know. What's up with that? Well, again, I've been gone like, for a week. Yeah, but no, like you're a super Destiny guy. You're like you should be already, even though you have a week <laughs> delay, you should be. Past me in light level and all this other jazz. Well, I knew I was going to be moving before I left, so I had to pack up all my stuff. Now I'm moving all my stuff, and I haven't unpacked everything yet. I unpacked the Xbox just so we could play our our franchise. Oh, what happened? Which we'll get to that, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. We don't have to. But, um, yeah, it's just it's very sad. I'm, I'm looking forward. Everything's almost unpacked, and then I'm just going to, like, binge play Destiny so I can catch up and stop... Uh, Stop the madness that is Nathan is a higher light level than me. <laughs> well, I do need your help because I have been playing a lot of Matt of uh, a lot of Destiny lately, um, and I'm the only thing I'm really interested in doing in Destiny right now is getting my exotic sword. Mm-hmm. I have one thing left to do, but it requires a fire team and a ninety. Or I'm sorry, and a level three hundred light mission, and Oof. beating a warden and his boss within thirty seconds of each other. With my sword. Mm-hmm. You need a full fire team of three? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to need help to do it. I mean, so I, I can't it'll do it. It'll take me a little bit, but I can get there. Who's going to be our third? Oh, well, Eric is 297. Oh, well, so there you go. He can help out. Maybe I can just join in and, like, I'll sit in the corner. No, I need and- help. That's the problem. <laughs> it's like, if I wasn't, like, needing to get this done, I'm sure you could just I'm sit sure in the I can do some damage. I'm only, like, two. I'm 252 on my light. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, I'll just, it's like a little pistol firing in the corner. And You'll be, like, you'll be dying because of the thralls. I got heals. Yeah, you. You, <laughs> you can stay alive, you little res. We, we could use, like, a, a dedicated res guy, I'm sure, so. Yeah. But yeah, so it's very odd because, you know, as this progr- as this podcast progresses on, it's like I I was anti Destiny. I loved Destiny in the beginning, uh, like when it first came out. I played a lot of it, and then I got away, and I I've now been sucked back in. But I'm to the point now where I think I have my fill. But the one thing I really want to do is get my sword because I'm all about the swords. So why do you think you like Destiny so much? Or is it because it's of the, the mechanics? Changes? It's the mechanics. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's such. It's such a sound shooter. Yeah. Right? I mean, there is still no story. There it's is still better no story. than the original game that was released. The expansion they, they've at least made it a little tried. bit better. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if, if you are a new person that's wanting to check out Destiny, definitely grab the Taken King stuff because 
you know, the, the changes that they made made it more of a proper game now. And Absolutely. I think and now it's worth 60 bucks. although I've spent, I don't know, 140 on it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I got the expansions in the beginning, and now I got Taken King. But it's one of those, th- one of those games where you come back to it, and you, you remember how to play within, you know, a, l- a little bit. And the mechanics are sound, and it works well. It's just getting to the point where it's like rinse and repeat for me again. So yeah. once I get my sword, I'll probably back off a bit and go back to some of the other games that I've been wanting to kind of, of catch up on and play. And because we're getting into the season where Battlefront beta, I mean, we're playing that now, and that's coming out in a month. I can't believe it. And, you know, Halo's coming out, and there's a lot of stuff coming out in, in the uh, holiday time There's frame. no time. There's no time. There's no time. I need to get moved in. Yeah, you got to get moved in, man, because that way you can download these games. I was looking their day, and they started to, to announce that you can pre-download, like, Fallout even already. Wow. Uh, and different games like that. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, Probably because it's a ridiculous download size, right? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, and also, like, on, on PS4, the Uncharted Collection's coming out. Um, PS4 dropped their price, and so I'll be getting a PS4 soon with that Star Wars Limited Edition one with Darth Vader. You're not going to go for the gold? No. I'm, dude, Star Wars. Well, I'm just saying, maybe you get both. No. I know you. No. Star Wars. Get the gold one until Star Wars comes out, and then return the gold one and get the Star Wars one. No. That would be a very Nathan thing to do. It would, but no. Because... <laughs> Because I want the Star Wars one. That's the one I've been waiting for. That's the reason why I returned the Batman one and every other PlayStation 4 that I bought because I just like, ah. But now I'll keep it because it's it's Vader. And I have the other Star Wars games, which uh, the other thing I've been playing recently is uh, that I'll talk about just a little bit because you haven't had a chance to play it a lot. We'll talk about it more next yeah. week. But the Star Wars Battlefront beta. I played a game last night. Yeah, so what are your... You, you played a game. Which What did you play? I, I played, uh, it was a mission, it wasn't a mission, it was just, a, it looked like a big team battle on Hoth. So and you, there were points to you capture. You didn't read the, hey, warning, you might want to level up a little bit before you do this. No. Yeah, because that, that's how you roll, I you pick, just do it, you do I, what you want. Yeah, I do. I go in, I wanted to play PvP, and I picked the map that I was going to be most familiar with. I've played a lot of Star Wars games on Hoth before, so just... Jumped in a game. All the great ones have a half level. Yeah, they really do. And it's just classic. So I hopped in. I wanted to see the scenery. I wanted to see the... Wasn't it amazing? Very good. Like, just looking at the sky, looking at everything happening, and, Very you know... Good. The mechanics need some work. I'm used to Destiny. I've been spoiled. Right. And that was my um, comment, too, is, like, you can do some button changing. Yeah. But you can't map out what you want to do. But in my case, that's not going to matter when the game comes out anyway, because I'm going to have the Elite Controller and map my stuff where I want it to be anyway, so... I'm surprised they don't have just some very basic button layout that you can change. Because Destiny is such a popular game. Just mm-hmm. have a, 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 a Guardian layout or something like that, right? Well, yeah, and, and it, it is from Bungie, right? And they made Halo. Destiny. Destiny. Is. Yes. It's, and they made Halo, so they, they probably carried over a lot of their just button configurations from Like, because Guardian Halo. and Destiny are pretty much the same buttons from what I remembered from playing in the, uh, in the beta for mm-hmm. Halo. And, I mean, that's going to be coming out just before this, too. And people are going to be playing that kind of control style. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I, I'm not as familiar with Call of Duty or with Battlefield uh, and how those controls are. So maybe it's more like those. And so maybe that's the audience that they're really looking at is, is those particular players. It's, it seems like that's what they've geared the controls more towards is Call of Duty and Battlefield. But, um, I mean, I, I enjoyed... Just the fact that it was a Star Wars game, I enjoyed what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been this game, Star Wars, and Next Generation, right? You load this game up, and it looks beautiful. Oh, yeah. The the menus, the, the screenshots, uh, you know. It sounds loading. amazing, too. Yeah, and the the music, it, it's it's Star Wars. Yeah, and I mean, it's... That's why most people are going to buy it anyway. Yeah. I'll live with the mechanics and, you know, the fact that it feels and plays a lot like Call of Duty or Battlefront. But it's Star Wars or but, Battle yeah. Battlefield. But this is this is Star Wars. Vader is on the field. Luke is out there with the lightsaber. Yeah, you killed me. Luke, and I the, the the very first spawn drop I got, in the very first experience I had in Battlefront, got dropped right in front of uh, Vader. Just cut down in a second. It happens. So see how would how would going playing the other leveling up? How would that have helped me there? Uh, wouldn't have. Yep. But so. I mean, it, it's so cool to just have. A Star Wars game, a proper Star Wars game on the next generation system mm-hmm. to see what they can do. The, the online multiplayer is, is huge for... And he, that's that's kind of the reason that 
if there was any single player like story, I would be through the moon for this game because seeing what they're doing with all the components that they have to make it a great multiplayer game, I would love to have a single player. Give me a six-hour story. I don't mind that there's not a single player, and it's not because I'm a PvP guy. I don't mind that there's not a single player just because Battlefront is the game that they want geared towards PvP. If you want to get on and you want to play a Star Wars PvP game, you play Battlefront. Mm -hmm. I think they wanted to focus 100% on that in the game. And then I think they're going to come, I mean, I I would assume they're going to come out with Star Wars games that are solely focused on, you know, story and PvE whatever you want to call it. Which we got that game from Visceral that's been in development for a while that's just most likely a single-player Star Wars game. Yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think they do it justice more by not putting the story in there. If they don't have the time, they don't want to spend the time to focus on it. Rather than put a crappy story out, they just don't put one out at all. Which I, I, I understand that, and I get that, and then I respect that. Um, but, man, I would just love... I mean, there, there is the... It to a new level, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. If you had that all-in-one game type thing. Because I did, the first thing that I did when I booted up the uh, beta was went into this wave-based game, you're on Tatooine. Is this um, one of the solo missions? Yeah, it's okay. a solo mission. So I I did it just to kind of get my bearings, mm-hmm. to understand the mechanics of the game and to be able to really understand how to play it. So, I just jumped into Hoth with 20 other people. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to actually understand what I was going to do before I got to Hoth and these other you know, people playing. Now, how long did you play last night? Because I knew I was only going to hop in for about a, a game, maybe 10, 15 minutes. You, you don't have to release the uh, the official answer. I mean, you can just say like an hour or so. We'll believe you, so kind of. Here's uh, full disclosure, right? Uh, when I went home and everything, I had some other stuff to take care of. Um, and I watched... Our movie, Inception, before I played any games because wow, I wanted to that get... took precedence over. But Inception is such that, a good movie. Okay, wow. Inception takes precedence over Star Wars Beta. I, I'm starting to get a clear picture of where Nathan's priorities lie. <laughs> it's coming together. But Star Wars movie or Star Wars completed will take precedence over Inception. Okay, all right. Just, just giving you that. Sure. So I watched Inception and then I realized that. Well, hey, the the beta didn't actually download like I thought it did because it had my power set to instant on and everything. I thought Uh-oh. it was going to download, but it didn't. So I went in there and I queued up the download, and it was going to probably take a little bit to do. So I actually popped in Madden. I played my franchise game, handed the Baltimore Ravens, you know, their their huge loss, and then okay, go ahead, we'll talk. And then I uh, <laughs> and then I went into the Battlefront beta because I saw that it said it was ready while I was playing my my Madden game. And I probably played it for two and a half, maybe three hours last mm-hmm. night. And that was after midnight. So it was... So that's why there's a Red Bull over here. Yes. The lifeblood of the show today <laughs> is Red Bull. But, you know, looking at the game and the reason why I like it, right? I liked Titanfall, which was an online-only shooter. It was cool. The mechanics were fun. And it was interesting concepts with the big mechs dropping down. Mm-hmm. I never. Re- I hated what I played of Evolved, or Evolve, that online see, game. See, I'm not big fans of games where there's uh, there's vehicles or you know some kind of uh, machinery that you get into that gives you a distinct advantage over another player that's just on foot. Yeah. I, that, part of the reason why I liked Halo a lot and why I like Destiny for the most part is that. It's very balanced. You get into the game, it's just like Halo more so than Destiny because there's variety. The but it's just like I have a, I have the same gun you have. I have the same, you know, speed movement, uh, everything that you have. You don't have an advantage over me. If you want to kill me, you want to beat me, you have to be better than me. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. So, uh, again, it's something I can live with because it's Star Wars and I can appreciate that this is how a battlefront in that universe would right. be like. Because in Star Wars, it's always been vehicles. Like, every right. big battle, there's vehicles or ships. Right. In the movies, it's that way. Right. I can just I can already tell you it's not going to be my favorite game to play. And that was what I was getting to, too, is you look at those multiplayer-only games, and they're great for a month or two. Yeah. And then you're kind of going to go back to other things. And yeah. don't get me wrong. I will play this game, and I will keep this game forever because it's Star Wars. Yeah. And I'll go back to it because I you you're... You play the game and you're in an immersive Star Wars environment. The, you see the, the ship battles going on in the mm-hmm. sky. You see the AT-AT walkers going around. Yeah. You see all this stuff happening. and it's The sound is amazing. It is. If you, if you can, 
I would recommend listening to, to the game in headphones. Yeah, I'll put my Astros on and get into it, oh, yeah. The sound is phenomenal, It and it looks so good. DICE did an amazing job building this environment. Right. But the only thing I'm worried about is is that tale, right? Is that yeah. two months from now, when you know all these games are coming out, and everybody kind of wants to start playing their other things... What's going to be the? Do they happen? have a plan? Do you know? I actually don't know. Do they have a plan for expansion for DLC? Well, if you pre-order it, you get the the Battle of Jakku, right? Okay. And I think you get that a week before uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens comes out. So that's the only DLC, DLC that's announced currently, and I'm sure there there will be other maps or things that come out. I would love if they. I would even pay like twenty bucks for a single player expansion. This is a huge opportunity. As a Star Wars, just it's just base Star Wars Battlefront. That's the game. It's not Battlefront Three, so they can make just make it a service exactly. Like Destiny, it's just going to be a base. And then as these movies come out and more Star Wars comes out, you can build on this. As long as they continue to do that, you'll always have a part of me and I know a part of you that's going to go back to this game and play this game. So you want them to do the Destiny model that they're doing right now, right? I love that model. I think that's great. You get updates for the game as it goes along, so you always get new content without having to pay for it. But when you want those big updates that, like, you know what I mean? You get new updates about, they made the the changes to Destiny without people having to buy the Taken King. But if you want to unlock the entirety of the content, you can go for it. I just think they have a huge opportunity with all the Star Wars hoopla that's going to go on. Hoopla? Hoopla. Excuse me, sir. Hoopla. It's hype. It's amazing. It's It's potato, potato. (laughs) All this that's going to go on in the next, you know, however many years that this next trilogy is going to last, even between movies, they have an incredible opportunity here. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much they can build on the mechanics if the mechanics of the game are not up to par without releasing another disc, but they got a chance here. And that's what they need to do to keep me interested past those couple months, like you were saying. So... Anyway, that was one thing that I've been playing. Yes, uh, is the Destiny, not Destiny. <laughs> you really do have it on your brain, don't you? That's great. Oh my. And then by the time you hit your light and you get your sword, right? I'm gonna be settled in and be like, "Hey, Nathan, you want to play?" He's like, "No, I hate Destiny." No, I'll play a raid with you if you need some big light level That's help. Right, or something we need like a raid. But uh, I will most likely be going on like finishing Metal Gear, which I booted that up mm-hmm. and just did a couple missions, and I enjoyed that game, so I went back and played some more. And uh, I also played. Uh, it was free for Xbox Live uh, a month ago or so. A game called The Deer God. Okay. I, you start out, you're hunter, and then... Is this like Deer Hunter, but reverse? You're like this all-powerful it's eight deer, and you hunt? No. The- <laughs> They've made a game. They've hit, I think it was called like Deer Hunter's Revenge or something like that. Or something <laughs> like that. Oh, man. But this game is an 8-bit game. It's side-scroller. It kind of just puts you in and doesn't really give you an objective or tell you what to do. Yeah. Like, you're running to the right, you're making babies as save points, and then <laughs> you're dying because a bird will, like, just dive bomb you just real quick. And there's hunters, you can go into these houses and they're shooting at you, and, like, what in the world is happening? Like, there's puzzles that are around. Days go by, like, it'll say, like, day five, day six. I have no clue. When I was attacking. Like these animals, because that's what I was supposed to do. But it turns out if it, if you're just like around them for a little bit, their little heart appears above their head, and they like you, and they'll follow you around. I think they'll help you. But I was killing them. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> there were no ones. There were no. I don't. I don't want handholding. I don't need to be like go from point A to point B. Right. To point C. I don't need waypoints. Give me an objective. Like say, hey, yep. if you find something like this, that could be cool. That's what I want, right? Yep, I hear you. But this is a weird game, and I I just stopped playing it after about fifteen minutes because I was. I didn't know what was happening. Did you get your money's worth? It was free, so sure I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was included. I'm sorry. Free is the wrong word. It was included with my Xbox Live Gold subscription for that period of time. Yeah. So the other thing I've been playing, hmm. Madden, oh. NFL, 2016. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, I've played two games, and I already told you the outcome of my latest game. Um, have you been playing any Madden recently? I've played a game. Yeah, how'd that I've go? I've played one game in the last couple weeks since who, I've been who, moving. Who did you play? I played the scams. I mean the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan and I had our connected franchise matchup. It was very hyped up. 
and uh, we got into the game. I, I, I think I started off pretty good. Oh, yeah. You did. I, I thought I was... pushed the ball down mm-hmm. the field. I had to settle for a field goal, though, because your defense stood up. Stood up at the end. And I think that was a big turning point in the game because you started to push the ball down the field. My defense didn't hold up as well as, as, the, as the Bears. Um, well, it was typical Bears defense. It, yeah. Currently, this year, anyway. Yeah. Um, but and anyway, Nathan ended up winning the game. I think it was twenty-seven, seventeen, uh, something like that. Yeah, tried to go for a field goal at the end, but oh, yeah, that was <laughs> hilarious. So it was like a fifty-seven-yard field goal, and I had two seconds left. I was just running down the clock. I was like, "Hey, I just want to see if I can do this with my kicker." So, <laughs> so we lined up for this field goal, and I think I could make it. The, he looked like his leg was going to go, but the, the longer you're away, the the slight the sliver gets really small. <laughs> And so I pulled back, and it was off just a hair. And I was like, huh, I'm probably going to miss this one from wide left. Yeah. That was wide left. Yeah, but wide you, said it, you said it so like, hmm, I think I might miss this one. Like, it, <laughs> maybe it could happen. And it just goes into the left stand. Yeah, it's like, like he kicked it to the left, just like at the crew over on the sidelines. <laughs> so, yeah, we got us to say he missed that field goal. That was his first miss of the year. Was it? <laughs> it was a long field. It was a long field goal. It might have counted as multiple misses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was that was the one thing. That but I you ended up. You for. got the win, mm. and you moved to six and three. I dropped to five and four. And I'm still awaiting my victory almond peanut butter. Oh or yeah, almond that's M&Ms. right. I do owe you almond M and M's. So that was it. Was a fun game. I mean, we had a good time talking to it, and uh, uh, it was my first user matchup win. If you believe oh, it. Oh, really? Not. You played yeah. against, uh, I played against 49ers, right? 49ers, and I've played against the Steelers. Uh, those are my two matchups so far. And I, I missed, or I lost to the 49ers by a field goal in the mm. last, last seconds of the game because I was stupid and gave him too much time. I don't know what I was thinking. I just gave him too much time. And I lost to the Steelers because I just got manhandled. It's one it was of those bad. games. That huh? was 50, 50 something to maybe 10. Wow. Um, yeah, but I, I'm turning the ship. I'm right. Yeah, now. six and three. I I I'm lucky my division is playing bad because I think we're actually both going to end up in the playoffs. Playoffs. The playoffs. Yeah, I'm thinking about the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if Tim Tebow was a free agent, I'd go and sign him. <laughs> Bench Cutler. Oh yeah. But uh, I kid. I kid. Cutler's good. Yeah. Just it's fun to run around with Tebow. Oh yeah. And another game that I've been playing just just to round things out just a little bit is there's this little game called it was it was another free game that I just popped into Xbox Live The Deer God 2 No, it wasn't that bad. This one actually had um what do you call it? Uh, I, I'm looking for the right word. A story? A story and maybe like hey, this is what you're supposed to do type scenarios. Oh, an objective? Yeah. But the the problem with this game is is it just wasn't very appealing on a Honestly, I honestly can't remember the name of it. Oh, boy. Um, must have been a really good game, it, huh? It must have been. It was another one of those like free Xbox Live games sure. that kind of came. Oh, Volgar the Viking. Oh, wow. Volgar the Viking. I saw you playing that. Yeah. I, I mean, that was more like the original game with gold for Xbox One, so I just booted it up. I never have. Mm-hmm. It was okay. Yeah. It's better than the other game, but I still didn't get very far in it. It's it's not one of those games where like, oh, I want to beat this, or there's no hook to it. Right. But, yeah. So that's pretty much my gaming things. And as far as the TV shows go, and I think I mentioned this last week, is that I'm watching Gotham, new series I started watching, Agents of Shield. Um, haven't watched the new Blacklist yet, but that's on my list to go. Rebels is coming soon. Star Wars Rebels. Oh my gosh! See, I'm so behind on everything. I just now finished the first season of Agents of Shield. If it's not on Netflix, I'm not gonna work for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just I I have such limited time and everything like that. When I sit down, I just want it available and I want no commercials, right? Mm-hmm. So Agents of Shield, I'm I'm after season one. Season two is on Netflix. So I'll start watching that. They just added Gotham. Mm-hmm. I assume that's uh, they've added it because the next the season is season starting. Yep. Is are they on season three now? Season one or season two? Sorry, season two. Yeah. Okay, so they added season one. So I'm gonna start. Th- I'm very excited for that. I was and actually going to this. start that with commercials, but they they cut like the first. Oh. Couple episodes. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to start on episode five or six, so I just I waited. I'll tell you this about Gotham. To me, it started out really 
it took them about half a season to really find their footing. Really? Okay, so, so don't give up on it. Yeah, it's one of those things where it starts out and it's just like, oh, hey, you know this guy? You, yeah. you know him from the movies and the stuff? Yeah, he's in this movie. He's in the show, too. Well, what's he going to do? <laughs> it's like one of those things. <laughs> but I think they really kind of have found their footing now in the second season, towards the end of last season to now. Um, it's really interesting. And one of the consistent throughout the whole show is the two character arcs to watch because they do have arcs and it's actually really impressive what they've done. Uh, the character of Cobblepot, Penguin, okay, yep. and then the character of Gordon. Those are your two big ones. Okay. Um, and then there's, you know, Bruce in there too. But The yeah, acting the, is good. The, the acting for for Gordon is okay. It's it's decent. And then the, the acting for Cobblepot, though, is really good. 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 And then there's overacting for Fish Mooney, mm-hmm. you know, Jada Pinkett Smith's character. Yeah, yeah ridiculous, but get yeah, through so this first season. I'm, I'm excited like for that, and then um, Arrow season three was added on Netflix finally. So. Which I'm catching up on Arrow season two. Uh, I'm yeah. still, I'm, I have one disc of my Blu-ray set left to Wait, watch. Wait, I'm ahead of you in an episode, in a, in a series? I, I came to Arrow late. Well, me too. I came to Arrow well, after I watched Flash. Oh my god! So after I watched the last season of the free season of Flash, yeah. I'm shocked. And I haven't. You better watched... get another TV and to go with the other eight that you have. <laughs> and I'm gonna have to have my iPad up and my phone, and I gotta get another computer just to have it all going. Yeah, that. And then um, I don't know if you're a big fan. Walking Dead starts on Sunday. You know, I've never really been into the Walking Dead. Oh, you gotta get into it. They added. It's just... It's just zombies. I mean, that's all it is. Oh no, it's more than zombies. It's no. it's a it's a survival TV show. And I've never been into survival stuff either. Oh. Because you know, have here, you here's... tried to watch any episodes? Not really. Like I've seen it on, and I was like, this is kind of boring. There's nothing happening, and then it's, I turned it. I I can see where people would, especially in the last couple seasons. It's been a lot of just. You know, going along, let's mm-hmm. move along. Not a lot happens. And I'm not into horror stuff either. Like, I don't want to be scared. I, I, <laughs> I, I ain't scared of no ghosts, right? But it's just like one of those things, like, I don't watch a movie to be scared or anything like that. I like to watch movies to relax, not to get tensed up, which those, I'm sure, are very tense. Some parts of them. And, and I just like good stories. Yeah. I want to be entertained. I mean, if it is a good story, then maybe I'm just totally missing the vote on this thing. But, you know, I... First couple seasons, definitely. Absolutely. The story is phenomenal. Yeah. This world is screwed up enough as it is in real life. I don't need yeah. to see a post-apocalyptic imagining of how much worse it could get. You know? Sure. <laughs> so that, that, that's, Even though that's, that's the basis from. for a lot of other movies that we watch. Mm, not me. A galaxy far, far away. No. But technically long, that long takes place ago. in the past. A long, long time ago. That's That's historical. But still. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's what all I've been entertained by this week. Anything else for you? No, I have so much to catch up on TV shows, Destiny. Apparently I'm bad at Madden now. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a week away. A everybody's mod, everybody's a like show. a 300 light. Uh, everybody can beat me in Madden. Everyone's got, I'm out for a day and they get, everyone's got delusions of grandeur. I know, exactly. <laughs> that's how I feel right now. I just, uh, can un- I'm, I'm rushing to unpack the last couple things that I need to and... I'm just gonna crawl in my new hole now, and <laughs> you need to have a housewarming party. We'll ha- we'll have an entertaining podcast from there. You know what my housewarming party was going to consist of? Just having five people over, setting up uh, six Xboxes, would and you, raiding. Would you have five guys with burgers and maybe fries? I do like five guys, burgers, and fries. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. But I'm gonna have a housewarming eventually, and we gotta come. You gotta come, and then we gotta do a podcast. That'd be great. You, you understand how long the raid currently is, right? No, like twelve hours. Okay, so maybe That's... like a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's it's good to have you back, Alex, and I'm very excited that you could come back. You missed a great film last week with The Martian. I still have to go see it. I do want to get around and see it. Um, Based on what you've told me and what I've heard, it's 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 worth a watch. So yeah, it, I, I still think it's funny that it's Matt Damon that's Matt Damon. stranded on that. Well, it, it, from Interstellar, right, it, right? Yeah, it's just funny. A lot of the cast in Interstellar is in that movie, but you know what else is funny? Let's get into our our meat. Concert. Oh yes, absolutely.
that we're about to discuss is what I like to describe as cerebral. That's a good adjective to use. It messes with your mind in a way that's good, makes you think, thought-provoking. But also, if you're not into thinking about it, it's just a good movie to watch, good story, good action, and yeah. it's engaging. Oh, and the visual effects are just phenomenal. Yeah. But the one thing that's kind of funny with this movie, and it... You know, watching it, especially now after we have watched the Dark Knight series. Oh, yeah. It's like the perfect movie to watch after Dark Knight <laughs> and Dark Knight Rises. It's basically, I, I this movie is the cast of Dark Knight Rises and Friends. <laughs> Leo DiCaprio, you know, and, and uh, what's what's the Ellen Page. Uh, Th- those are the, like, okay, those are the only two. Literally, I'm looking on, on Wikipedia right now. I'm looking at the, the starring. They, they list just the main cast. Literally, six out of the nine people listed are in the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, in that Nolan trilogy. I mean, Ken Montanabe was in Batman Begins right, as exactly. fake Ra's al Ghul, too. Jo- uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Marion... Robin. Exactly. Uh, Marion Collett... Uh, Talia al Ghul. Sure. Yeah. Um, Tom Hardy, Bane, right? Bird. Killian Murphy, Scarecrow. Yep. And then Michael Caine. Michael Caine, the size of a tangerine. <laughs> And he wasn't in it for very much. No, he wasn't. I mean, he's more of the... You know it's just one of those roles that Christopher Nolan calls him up and says, Hey, Mike, I'm doing another movie. You want to be the old wise guy again? And Mike's like, I suppose. Yep. But but am I supposed to support him or am I supposed to oppose him? What do I do? (laughs) Again, another dilemma in here. Kind of the same, right? Because he's the father of of Cobb, uh, Cobb's uh, wife that... You know, I, I, which is weird. I can't believe there wasn't more of a animosity. Yeah, between them, exactly. Right? I mean, I don't know. It, it, there, that could have been a really good uh, a play. I mean, from Michael Caine on Leo's character, there, it, he essentially killed his daughter, like, or contributed to the demise of his daughter losing her mind. Well, we see in this movie that. It's because of what his inception, the original yeah. inception that he planted in her, right, to get her to get out of that dream world, that. But just the fact that he subjected her to any of this dream sharing, which we technology don't know how, that's going on. How did she get involved originally? They we don't really know. Tells it, which is fine. I mean, this story. So let's talk about the story because it talks about it in the movie, right? When you start dreaming, you never know how you started. You're just right. kind of you're just there. Put in. just like and that's every, how they start yeah, the movie, right? right? They started with this dream sequence. Which will, it turns out to be an audition uh, for uh, Ken Montanabe's character for them to do this, and it, it introduces you to this concept, right? It's it's a really high high end concept to to think of this dream sharing and how it goes in these layers and what you actually do, how you can work it, and a time, that whole time factor. And there's a lot going on in this movie. You really have to watch it. More than once. You really do. Because... There's a lot of small things that you wouldn't it's see. It's a new world. It's a new concept. A whole new world. Ex- speaking, I saw Aladdin on Broadway when I was in New York. <laughs> was it a new Fantastic <laughs> Point of View? <laughs> Never mind. Forget was there anyone who told you no? <laughs> Forget I said anything. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the the concept of this movie from a basic point of view is just really cool, mm-hmm. right? Okay, but as you start to watch it, you really have to watch it multiple times to understand how everything works. Kind of like the sixth sense, you remember? Yeah. How you, yeah. you watch it for the first time, you get the throw, and then you go back and you pick on other things, right? Right. Well, I mean, just, yes, to pick on other things and catch the little details, it's cool to see how they all come together. But I think you watch it first to be entertained, you watch it second to actually understand the the rules of Inception and dream sharing and dream within a dream, and then the third time you watch it, that's when you can like start picking apart everything. Mm-hmm. But it's really funny because like I watched it with Molly. Molly watched it with me for a, a little portion of the movie last night, um, and she a little portion. What? Yeah, we we started it late and and we were tired and she fell asleep. She didn't have to podcast about it, <laughs> um, but she watched it for maybe maybe about half of the movie. It's funny because she's seen it three times. I had only seen it. Maybe a couple times, maybe two times, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh yeah, I love that movie. It's 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 a great movie. I've seen it three times." And even throughout the movie, she's asking me, "What? What? 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 what wait, why is he running? Why is he doing? What happened?" Mm-hmm. It's, that's how much of a thinker this is. It's very specific, very mm-hmm. in depth. It's it's amazing. It is. I, I can't even imagine how somebody could conceptualize this. 
and he started. It says he started writing this uh, this treatment for this movie right after he did Insomnia in 2002, and it was released in 2010. So literally from the time he put a pen to paper to the time it was released was only eight years. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculously fast to mm-hmm. conceptualize this whole thing. And you know what's interesting? This movie, uh, he was. He was actually fighting to get it made, from what I hear. Like, the concept was really high. A lot of studios didn't really want to understand the concept, or didn't understand the concept, or didn't want to, you know, help it with it. But after The Dark Knight, oh, yeah, this sure got green light. Tons of suitors. Yeah, this was just like, oh, you can do whatever you want now. Yeah. So that's why we got this. That's a, why we have Interstellar after that. Yeah, because he's an A-list yeah. director now. Mm-hmm. Which, this movie is a, a masterwork from the writing and the filming and the audio point of view. Mm. Yeah, Hans Zimmer. So Hans Zimmer scored this movie, right? And there's a lot of cues that are taken. So you know the song that they play each time to wake you up out of the dream? Yes. I forget the name of the song, but it's like the opera song. Mm-hmm. If you actually slow that song down, if you slow it down and listen to it, you hear the inspiration for that dun dun. Really? Yeah, because it's in that song. And they take that inspiration because of being slowed down. Wow. Because when you're dreaming, everything is what? You know, it's everything happens at a different rate of time. Right. You actually have like four hours as opposed to an hour sleeping. Uh, I forget what the actual rate was, right? Well, it's five minutes to an hour. Right. Right, but that's for one layer. And it compounds down. Right, it compounds down. That's that's nuts. So you listen to that, and then the music, actually, you can kind of look and listen to this music. If you just watch the movie... And don't even pay attention. Just listen to the music. It will tell you what layer they're in mm-hmm. if you listen close enough. I never really appreciated that until I watched it this time because I've always liked the soundtrack. Yeah. This, this, the score was one of those. It was the first big one that was like, you know, because mm-hmm. now everything is, like, is copying that. Right. A lot of things are anyway. And it kind of gets a lot of, you know, criticism now because it's it's not Williams, it's not orchestral, it, or it is, but it's not, like, flowing, and it doesn't have the elegance right. of a Williams That's score, a good, right? Yeah, good way to put it, yep. But it does have the impact, the the emotion, and the tense. The, it, it creates tension. If you watch this movie without the score, it would not be as good as it is because I submit to you, the music. You just got really tense, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the music is a character in this movie. Because mm-hmm. if you listen to it, it it not only does it tell you what's happening, it also tells you this is how you need to feel. It's This is telling you the story from another perspective that you don't even realize. It's, well, it's so the music in, is in a, the narrator. That's the character. In a way. It's in your subconscious telling you what's happening. Going along with this movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, this score is so brilliant that it's it's lost on a lot of people how how it uh, it really moves this movie. You you can if you had any other like let's just say you had some some silly symphonic music or something like that or something else, it wouldn't transition the same way. It wouldn't speak the same way. The package would not be complete without this specific score. Mm-hmm. And this score is part of what makes this movie so amazing. Everything's got to work together. We've always said that, right? Mm-hmm. Got to have a good story, mm-hmm. good acting, good cinematography, and then you have to have an amazing score. Which this is the incomplete and, package. And you have all four of those things, you'll end up on that highest grossing film of all time list. Mm-hmm. You will. It's inevitable. Because that's this, what people gravitate towards. When yeah. it's a com- you, can, you can feel the complexity of movies. Mm-hmm. And or, this movie, too, ages well, too. It's, it's five years old, I say, right? I can't. I didn't realize it was five years old. And I think this movie will endure the test of time. Yeah, I mean, there is, there is a few moments um, where you can kind of see the uh, visual effects start to become outdated. But um, were you, how are you watching this again? Oh, VHS. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only the only one that I can think of right now is when the um, she was bending the physics, and the city kind of uh, came at a ninety degree angle, and her and Leah were walking over to it, and they stepped up mm-hmm. onto the neck. That's the only time you can really start to see a noticeable. It wasn't fluid with them stepping on there to go up to the next level, but 
I mean, other than that, I don't see how this is. You're going to look at this in you know 20, 30 years and and not be entertained by it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 amazing. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about like the music and the concepts and everything, like the direction for no one. What do you think about the acting? So this is a movie that has a huge cast of characters. I mean, you got Leonardo DiCaprio, obviously, who's a main character, who's a I, he hasn't won an Oscar yet, which is amazing. I mean, this wasn't an Oscar-worthy performance. Don't get me wrong. It was a good performance. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see any him winning an Oscar for this, but he hasn't won an Oscar yet, and he's done so many amazing roles. He didn't win anything for Titanic? Mm-mm. Wow. I don't think so. Uh, I think he was up for it, but someone else won. I think um, the girl that played Rose, Kate Winslet, yeah, pretty she sure won. she won. But I'm surprised that his his acting range is so... Good. Like, I could see him. This movie had a lot of different inspirations that kind of remind me of mm. Bond. Uh, you know, when he's going around doing his thing. And then you had the inspirations from, like, just other action movies and just other thrillers and spy stuff. His range in this movie is really good because he plays the one character. Or the, he is the character that goes into dreams, mm-hmm. that can you know, infiltrate, extract. And then he becomes, you know, the whole Mr. Charles, you know, type situation mm-hmm. where he's telling him what's happened. He's... He's playing a person playing someone else. He's a dude looking like a dude playing another dude. Right, exactly. Right? And, and he has he's playing the character that's well-rounded, that has spent his life, you know, learning how this process works. And I think we know why a large part of it is because of what happened to his wife, mm-hmm. right? But, um, yeah, I, I, I like the acting. Leo is always going to be – you know what to expect out of Leonardo DiCaprio. It's good quality acting. You know what I mean? Uh, the the other cast of characters, <clears throat> The Dark Knight Rises, um, <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt is really good. Ellen Page, she she's good. I don't dislike her acting. There are just moments during the movie where I just thought, like when they were sitting at the cafe and he was showing her for the very first time, he said, "Stay calm." Mm-hmm. Now she looked calm before then. I mean, she didn't look like she was going to jump out of his out of her seat. And then when everything was happening around her when everything was you know popping and and expl- I, I thought she could have stayed in her seat but she could have had a much better like what is going on expression on her face well she was causing it to happen though right but i'm saying like so she wouldn't but, be like what's going on but you got to see like you know what i mean when you're seeing everything it's it, the expression on her face could have been a lot better i think like i can't believe this is actually happening type thing how is this happening well if you're in a dream, everything. Other is people what you had do. expressions on their face. Well, yeah, because those are those are so those are her subconscious. Those are the expressions. But she's the one that builds the world. She's the one that builds the world. Yeah, but and then she, the other person dream. is the one that populates it with subconscious. The first time, I think it was all her. Oh, I thought when when Leo and her were walking through for the very first time, she built the world. As the architect, and then Leo's subconscious was the one that was it filled planning it. everybody in there. So I think if the very first time it was all her, and okay. then they woke up, and then they went back to that world. And, and that's then, when she got attacked. Right. Okay. I believe that's the case. But I mean, like... Because, I, because yeah, because he was drawing attention to himself, and so everybody was starting to look at him. And it would make sense, because if she was changing the physics that much at the cafe, mm-hmm. then... They would have noticed, right? Everybody in the his subconscious would have noticed, and they would have turned on her, but they right. didn't. So, yeah. So I think that that's how that was. Again, I mean, there's you could talk about this movie in a lot of different ways and things, um, but which when you when you watch this movie again and you look at it and you look at the different layers that they travel to, right? <laughs> It's, they had to film in six different countries to get all of these different shots, too. Because they were all completely different yeah. locales, yeah. And the one thing that was kind of odd to me is that... So Ken Watanabe's character looked like he had aged, like, a lot. And then Leonardo DiCaprio's character, at the end, or at the beginning, too, was supposed to be, like, really old, I think, as well, because he's been there searching for him for a long time. In that limbo area. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that was kind of weird because it didn't, I didn't get the fact that they had aged Leonardo DiCaprio all that much, if any, to, to match Ken Watanabe. He Wantanabe. looked exactly the same. And it was funny because, like, when the aged Ken Watanabe was looking at him, I mean, it, 
he would have recognized him because he didn't age. He looked exactly the same. He recognized it from the totem. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And let's talk about that totem, right? The, okay. the purpose of the totem is to make sure that you're awake. So you can't know the weight of like your, your item that you make or what it does or how it's supposed to act. You're really not supposed to show it to anybody else because they could then create that in the dream world. Right. right. Whose totem does Leonardo DiCaprio have? His wife's? Yep. So that just adds to the, to the who is he dreaming through this whole thing, right? Because... Well, he could create the... He, I mean, he, well, he could have the totem and then create it because he knows. But if it's Mal's, if it's her totem, she knows about it too. So she knows everything about that totem. <laughs> she locked it away. He took it, right? Because he knew where it was. And, but it was her totem. She knew everything about it. She knew the weight and everything else in it. So technically, she could be the architect of this dream world. If, if you know, because he was never able to see the kids' faces and things like that, except at the very end. And then you see the little top spinning at the, at the end where it kind of stutters a little bit, but you never know. Like, it's open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. It's open to discussions like this, right? So I don't know one way or another whether he was in the dream world or not. Even in the world that we're perceiving as the reality, right. could have been him being asleep the whole time. Right. In that, in a very first, like basic layer. Mm-hmm. And there is a part too. So, he could be asleep from the point where he meets the chemist. So he's talking to the chemist and he wants to see how well it does. And he he's sedated and then he wakes up, and then he just he goes and he goes to spin his totem, but he never spins it. Right. He goes to spin it and it falls down. He never spins it again in that in that world until the very end. Mm-hmm. Which it's open to interpretation whether or not the totem is going to going to you know fall or stay or keep spinning. Which I mean, you would think that if it was going to keep spinning, it would just always spin. It wouldn't even falter. So, but it's one of those things where it's it's just an interesting concept to talk, to talk about, right? Right. And I asked you about this earlier. We don't uh, you know wanted to get to it before too in-depth with each other before we talked, but I asked you, because you made the, the connection with the music, mm-hmm. dictating what layer they were on, what, you know, this music dictates that they were in a layer or they were in a dream or not, at the very end, there's music, mm-hmm. right? So were they in a layer of the dream, or was it... The music that you heard there mm-hmm. was the music that you would hear at the beginning of the movie, at the very beginning of the movie, which is kind of odd, because that that's the only thing that doesn't add up. Okay. Before you actually see him wash up on shore, right? It's this very light piano music, right? So are we are we assuming that at the very beginning we're in the the real world, and then the new music starts? He gets thrown on shore because he's in a dream world. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at the very end, he's back in reality. You could you could interpret it that way, yeah. Well, it seems like they were very specific with the music. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be a safe assumption. That the music placed there was placed there for a reason, mm-hmm. just like everything else. Because, yeah, yeah, just like everything else, like you said, because if you look at different things that are in the world, mm-hmm. that are in the place, and they're all there for a reason. Right. Right? You got uh, all the characters there doing specific things for a reason. And let's talk about Tom Hardy's character, his role in this whole thing. He's, he's, I'll always see him as Bane. Like, I, I, literally, I didn't even recognize him that it was Tom Hardy. Yeah. Because I'm just... Well, you know, nobody cared about him until you put on the mask. Well, right. Yeah. Exactly. Like it always is. <laughs> so, and I love his line in this movie. Uh, I've always just remembered it. It was like, we mustn't be afraid to dream bigger, darling. And he, like, pulls out this grenade launcher to take out guys. Yep. Um, his his role in this movie is pretty interesting because he's the impersonator. He can impersonate, and I don't really know how, and it doesn't explain it. It doesn't need to. Right. How he can become this other person in this, in this other dream world. Right. So the, what they were able to do was he was impersonating that character, implanting those ideas and those thoughts in him, and uh, Killian Murphy's... Kill, Cillian or Killian? Yeah, I think it's Killian. Okay. It's Scarecrow. In Scarecrow's uh, <laughs> mind. And then later, Cillian's um, subconscious was generating what he thought he meant by that. Right. And, you know, you see Ken Montanabe's here, oh, you changed back. He's like, Shh, he's like, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's like, dude, seriously? I'm working here. But, 
and it was it was really interesting to see like how that w- progression happens, right? How you go from yeah. point A to point B, and then this whole time you you just have everything happening in a way, and then you get to the next level. Yep. That is Cillian, obviously dreaming this, wanting to find this information out, and then he's going in as a part of the team. Yeah. He's the mark. He's the mark. He's a team member. Yeah. It's it's so crazy the progression, <laughs> but it's it's interesting because you know you you die in the real world or I'm sorry you die in the dream world typically you'd wake up, mm-hmm. but because of that sedation, they couldn't they couldn't die because they'd be in that limbo state. Right. Where Ken Watanabe winds up, and then I wonder what would happen if you died there. Like, what happens? Like if you go a layer deeper, if you die in limbo. Yeah. I think it just gets to a point that your your mind is lost, right? Mm-hmm. It has to get to a point that your mind is lost. Which are we talking like a coma? Like is yeah. this what's happening? It would have to be a coma where your 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 mind is like disconnected from any kind of uh, what what's it called when you're when you're when you're asleep? Uh, just thoughts of the outside world. This um, uncon- when you're unconscious. Mm-hmm. It's like your subconscious and your unconscious are disconnected. and They can't wake each other up, mm-hmm. right? They can't they can't ever reconnect. Where you where you wake up, your mind would just be lost. You would just be in a coma in the real world right. for the rest of your life. But in your subconscious, then you could be in this limbo state, and it'll you don't know how time progresses in that limbo state. I mean, technically, if if you if you die and, and you can't wake up in a dream, then you go into limbo. So if you die in the limbo, you could just go right back into limbo. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can't die. Yeah, I'm not sure. So many different rules. You know, that's what that's what I mean. You have to watch this a second time to. To understand the rules of the world, mm-hmm. of the dream world, and how it, you know, it's just crazy. Speaking of rules, gravity, gravity, the kick, yeah, how they got back out of, you know, the the one layer into the next layer, that is in, an interesting concept because a lot of this movie, you know, is in layer two mm-hmm. when he's uh, the the chemist is driving around in the car and they're all kind of moving around and stuff. I love those scenes; those scenes were fun. Yeah. And forever, it seems forever because he was falling down, you know, off the bridge. Off the you bridge. mean, yeah? But because there's so many layers because the layers inside. and time differences, yeah. <laughs> That's... And it's only ten seconds, yeah, between when the music is put on to when they actually know that the kick is going to happen. Right. So then I think they heard it and it's like, oh, we got twenty minutes, or we got five minutes in in the second layer, or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, when, uh, what's his name? Robin's character had to figure out just just where I love it had to figure out how to make them drop without gravity. Yeah, that scene is always one of the coolest scenes because yeah. he's, he's fighting with no gravity and then he's wrapping everybody up and going through and then like sh- shooting them up. Yeah, in the elevator. Oh, it's just there's there this movie. I want to watch it again just yeah. because it's. I'm gonna have to watch it again because I was very tired when I watched it last night mm-hmm. and it's been so long since I've seen it. But it really kind of was my first time through it again. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were things that I forgot, and I've seen this movie a few times, right? Yeah. And I totally, going into this movie, forgot the whole kids thing. Like, he never sees the faces of the kids until the very end, which, I mean, that could signify something, right? And it also signifies something that when he spins the totem at the very end, he doesn't wait for it to show him whether or not he's dreaming. He just goes. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He just he's he's there with his family. Mm-hmm. He just goes out to be with them. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah. So maybe maybe the whole point of the story was that he he could have been dreaming the whole time, but he doesn't care anymore. He doesn't care to understand it anymore. Mm-hmm. He just the goal was just to be with his kids. He thought, you know, doing the job would help him get back with his kids, and in a way it did. Mm-hmm. But. That's all he wanted and needed anymore. Yeah. And I love at, at the end how they had the airplane scene, like everybody's kind of waking up, and Killian Murphy is sitting there kind of just thinking about what he just experienced. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't really give a second thought to everybody around him being the same people because when you're dreaming, I mean, you've seen these people recently, so, I mean, that's why they made a point to kind of introduce themselves. Right. You know, before the thing uh, actually took place. Really interesting, you know, because he, he gave that, that when he was waiting for his luggage, he kind of gives him that look. That was just, um, it, I love that look. You have to be a good actor to do things like this, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like you can't go through a regular progressive storyline 
in one world. Like you this was five stories. Movie, like you can in real life. You have to literally be five different characters mm-hmm. at five different points in time and interact with everybody five different ways. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. You gotta and, have good actors, dude. Yeah. And I and, love the way that they, everything, everybody, the kicks come back. Like mm-hmm. you saw, um, I want to say Juno. Um, yep, I know who you're talking Ellen about. Page. Ellen Page. It was Ad. Ad Arende? Ariadne? Yeah, Ariadne. You see her character kind of travel back through all the kicks. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty cool. Just cause it's like the closing of the gap. Yep. It was, oh, man, this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I want to I watch it again. It's just. I'm serious. I'm going to probably watch it again here. I'm going to be listening to so. the soundtrack all day. The rest of the day, I can tell you that. And I, I told you about this. You, you need to see Shutter Island because you need to see the similarities between well the storyline is is not the same as about dreams but it's it's about what was the word that you used earlier Madness? about uh, yeah, kind of it, it, yeah it's about yeah subconsciousness mm-hmm. and 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 stuff like that and this you'll notice very big similarities with the score i don't know if hans zimmer did that score as well and of course it's leo dicaprio so it's going to be yeah, the same type of acting in a way. So when you, you know, I was looking up here just a second ago. With, it was a Scorsese movie, Shadow Island, by the way. Oh, really? Um, yeah, DiCaprio has not won a Academy Award yet. That's kind of nuts. <laughs> I mean, he's been. Uh, again, I know what you're saying about it not being like an Oscar-worthy performance here in this particular movie. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, out of everything that he's done, I would... I feel like he should have something. Yeah. So, it's one of those one of those movies that you you keep looking at things, uh, and you're just able to to keep watching and keep watching, and really enjoy every time you watch through this movie. Something new. And I can see people saying it's too complicated to be just a standalone movie, which I mean might be true for some people. No, no movie deserves a perfect you know 100% rating. Um, but I, I like thinking about movies. I like seeing a good story and, and being surprised. And and that's the thing, right? You think about this movie long after you watch it. You like I remember watching this movie in the theater and just thinking about it for like a week and wanting to see it again and just kept yeah. thinking about it. Because the point of movies, right, is to entertain us, right? If we're thinking about it and we're engaged in it, then we're not thinking about, you know, other things, stresses of life, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. We're immersed in the movie. That's the point. They did a good job. I don't want to go see a movie where I feel like I'm brain dead the whole thing and I just watched flashing images on a screen. Right. Fantastic Four. <laughs> I think I went brain dead because of that movie. I think that's in a, a different category of its own. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's, and the movie it, is a little long too, right? It, it never, Two and a half hours. It is long, but it it doesn't feel long. I'm trying to right because you're engaged with the movie the entire time. You're waiting for the movie to happen. Well, yeah, you're you're engaged with what's happening. You want to see what's you want to get it all resolved. I mean, I'm when you think about what the movie is, right? If I told you I'm going to make a movie, right, and it's going to be about uh, you're going to have a main storyline on let's call it layer one, the real world, right, and then we're going to have five up to five sub layers within the other layer and you we're gonna do that in two and a half hours no way you're gonna have to split this up into at least two movies mm-hmm. but and i love how in each layer after like leonardo Leo nah, leonardo dicaprio leaves and everybody else is there it's like it's all about the the dreamer yep in that layer so it's you always see the the chemist driving around. You always see the uh, Robin, you know, taking care of those people. Robin. <laughs> but it's we're gonna it's have to learn his word, his uh, his name. Joseph Gordon Lovett's character, Arthur. Arthur. Okay. <laughs> but it's it's such a good movie, and if you have never seen Inception, dear listener, you can't. It's it's so good. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a high recommend from me, and of the Christopher Nolan movies, it's my favorite. It even. It's wow. past Dark Knight. I, Dark Knight is right under this, or tied. I I don't know, but and I mean, Batman wasn't his. This his was all Nolan. concept. This is so. Nolan's I mean, in, in a lot of ways, this has to be the most original. Mm-hmm. I mean, Batman will always be Batman. I'm Batman. But 
I mean, the way that he filmed Batman really put a Nolan stamp on that. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, this is this is 100% Nolan. Like, yeah. I took a pen and wrote this on a piece of paper, and you know, eight years later, it was a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just one of those things where, if you want to be, like you said, entertained and have a thought-provoking movie, I think this is a great one to just just watch if you never have and yeah, immerse yourself in the visual effects and everything that the visuals are telling you as well as everything the audio is telling you. Right. Get the complete story. Anything else you'd like to mention on the greatest of Christopher Nolan's movies? Do you think it's his best? See, I don't know. It's hard. I mean, is it... It's more of a Christopher Nolan movie than it is like a Batman movie done by Christopher Nolan. So if you're asking me what's the best Christopher Nolan movie, Inception's probably going to be my answer. If you're going to ask what's the best movie that Christopher Nolan has directed, I don't know. I might say Dark Knight. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Like yeah. I said, like, to me, because of the originality, because of the concept, because of the, the score and how everything works and plays, yeah. this is the best and Nolan film. I completely understand that answer too so that's going to be the question for listeners this week which of Nolan's films is your favorite mine is Inception uh, Alex's is most likely Dark Knight which yeah, there's, there's no Knight, yeah. yeah I mean there's there's no reason not to, to love that movie either but I'm curious dear listener what your thoughts are next week I'm my hands are starting to shake because next week we begin our journey to a galaxy far, far away. Oh my away. gosh, it's that time. Ladies and gentlemen, we are getting close to the release of Star Wars The Force Awakens in December. Oh, I, have, this, I, I haven't even thought about it. I can't even think about it because if I think about it, I'll just obsess over it. I'll just keep thinking about it and then I'll be like, oh my god, it's two months away. Now it's like, well, what? Join me on this journey as we ease ourselves in and remember how we get to The Force Awakens. Because we're going to be talking about Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace next week. Which, a lot of people are like, why are you going to talk about Episode One: The Phantom Menace? Why don't you talk about Star Wars from Because it happened. <laughs> here's, here's my reason. is We're going to end with Episode 7. It makes sense to me to go from the story as it is supposed to be told according to Lucas Can, one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven. yeah no I agree and um, I mean if you're coming into the Star Wars universe for the very first time not that anybody would ever be episode one's not a terrible sci-fi movie mm-hmm. so so that's going to be the bulk of our slate for the rest of this year we're going to have the Star Wars films we're going to also have Star Wars The Clone Wars and Rebels. We'll be discussing those in their applicable spots uh, before and after Revenge of the Sith. And then in between, I don't remember which date this falls on, but we'll also be getting back into the world of James Bond with Spectre. So, You didn't want to do a lead-up for that? Well, you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, you know that we've mm-hmm. discussed the previous Bond films. Well, just in succession, like one, you know. Mm-hmm. We already did lead up We've to done it. it for everything else. We, that was the first, actually, movies that we did were the Daniel Craig films. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. But Spectre looks amazing. It does. It looks really good. It looks a little... What was it? It looks a lot like um, Mission Impossible, a little bit, like with the syndicate type mm-hmm. thing. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, well, originally, I think we mentioned this before, Mission Impossible was slated to come out around the same time Spectre was, and they were like, yeah, we got to get this thing out ahead of this. Because now, Mission Impossible came and went, was big, it was well-received, and now Spectre's going to come out. I don't think it's going to take anything away from Spectre, but it definitely helped out Mission Impossible. Because if they come out after that, then they're going to seem like a James Bond knockoff, right? People are going to go see Spectre because it's James Bond. Mm-hmm. And you look at Spectre, too. It was always a thing in the previous Bond movies. It was uh-huh. a, they were the organization Spectre. All right. So that's a, a hint at what's coming but next week, we begin our journey down to Star Wars, and I don't know. I'm actually know. scared. I'm actually scared to talk about Star Wars with you, like, on a podcast. Like, are you going to, like, <laughs> jump around the room the whole time? It's or? possible. I might bring in lightsabers oh, and God. might bring in if some If I masks. say something wrong, yes. Alex has left the building. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry because Alex, uh, <laughs> he, he didn't know the answer to this question. Ugh. 
but I, I I like to consider myself a Star Wars fan. I know you know a lot of trivia about Star Wars. Fan, but... literally, like a fanatical. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, please look forward to that next week. I'm. If you have any comments that you'd like to send us about the Star Wars films, about your thoughts on them, about what order you prefer to watch them in, anything, send them our way. We'd love to open this up as a as much of a community discussion as possible because this this this, get, this is this is a journey. journey. Yeah, let's get some topics going. This, this journey is going to be amazing for me because I've never really just taken the time to to look at each movie individually and go because I view Star Wars as a whole. Mm-hmm. as a saga as as one story yeah within it you can do these different movies but i view star wars as one concise story like history it's history yes exactly <laughs> so you can tweet us at entertaining pod on twitter or send us an email that's entertaining at gmail.com please let us know what you think what your thoughts are on on you know inception on Star Wars, anything we've talked about, we'd love to hear what you think. And if okay, well, well, uh, if you are allow it, I should say, we'd like to share it with the rest of the listeners as well. Alex, are you on the tweets? Kind of. You've been more active recently. I, I have. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm on. I'm getting accustomed to it a little bit. My Twitter handle is at d o u e one h one. Um. I'll be on Xbox Live catching up, apparently, with uh, Destiny and Madden. Uh, <laughs> Gamertag's the same, minus the at sign. And you can follow me on Twitter, at SithNightmare, S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E. And you can follow me on Xbox and PlayStation and Steam and pretty much anywhere else, Spider Jedi. No spaces, Spider Jedi. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this look at Inception. You're not dreaming, and we hope that you have been entertained.